0: Hey guys, Trey Copeland here. Yeah, that tall guy that plays a bit of cricket. You're listening to Moving the Chains. Yo, what's up guys?
1: It's Chad Townsend from Talk of the Town. Hey sports fans, Nick Davis here and you're listening to Moving the Chains.
2: Yeah, welcome to another episode of Moving the Chains and I'll tell you what, Props. The, NRL, Props. the NRL is back. The NRL is back. And we've all got a little bit of blood in it, I'll tell you that, um, with all the sports coming back. And uh, as I welcome in uh, the boys, Chad, mate, are you okay from getting the hook on the weekend?
3: Yes, yeah, just a um, small hamstring strain on the weekend. Well, buddy. Uh, <laughs> I know that you're used to getting hooked, but um, I can assure everyone out there is just a small hamstring strain. So this, I'm actually out this weekend. It's my first game I'll miss since... 2015 107 games straight so it's gonna feel a little bit different but um hopefully the boys can get up for it
2: yeah well hopefully you need to oh and three you need to start making a move uh nick davis you're up and about tonight i can tell you've got the mic actually set up yeah top. look at that <laughs> <laughs> red bull can the, the listeners are exciting because you can hear nick davis he's up and about how are you going bud
1: I'm up and about. I'm up and about. It's a good show when the, uh, when the run sheet come through and, the, and I get to talk about my Raiders and why they're going to win the Super Bowl. I am up and about. Yeah, you are up and about. And
2: another guy, he looks more manly this week. He's got a hat on. He must have been sick of me bagging him out. But I wanted a little bit of banter backwards. But uh, Copes, how you going, bud?
0: Oh, well, thanks, mate. Yeah, I thought I'd cover up the receding hairline this week. Give the viewers um, what they needed.
2: Yeah, a you you of the respite. Point. You left the door open last week. I we thought it was going to blow off. Um, let's get started, lads. Uh, this is episode seven of Moving the Chains, brought to you by our friends at topsport.com.au. Get all the best odds, and uh, if you're looking for a bit of value, I think you may. Uh, you won't find it in the group that we pair tonight, because there's a clear favorite. But uh, boys, talking points coming out of the NFL this week. Uh, there's big talk, but Patrick Mahomes uh, has started negotiations with the Chiefs, and Once they start to sit down, this could be the biggest contract of all time. And Chad Townsend, they're talking upwards of $40 million a year, plus then a percentage of the salary cap if it goes up from year to year. Patrick Mahomes, what is he worth to a team like that?
3: Yeah, look, Sally, it's been a, uh, a lot of big chat around Mahomes. I think, you know, the figures that have been tossed up are around two hundred million um at this stage, and there's no doubt he deserves um every cent of that. He's producing on the field. A young MVP Super Bowl winner, um, you know, an incredible achievement for such a young quarterback who's come in and and, and taken the league by storm. Um, you know, how much he ends up taking, I'm not too sure. Obviously the NFL salary cap will increase over the next few years. And as Dickie always says, Other plays in this Chiefs team need to get paid as well. So how much he decides to take and how much he leaves on the table, it's going to be a big decision for him and the Chiefs and their Super Bowl window moving forward.
2: Uh, Dickie, there's talk that if he comes out and gets the deal, that (laughs) there might be a clause in it where he may be able to reset the contract if someone comes out and gets more money. Um, Surely the Cowboys would want to get this done for Dak because if he comes out and gets $200 million, we know that Dak's going to be asking that as well. It's a huge contract.
1: Yeah, it's two sort of contracts going yeah, simultaneously. And look, if Dak Prescott is knocking back the money that the Cowboys are offering, that's just going to bump up my home. So uh, I'm not sure if the two boys are in uh, in cahoots trying to, you know, bump each other's prices up. But it's going to be interesting the the dollar value and and the how long uh, the time and how many years he's going to sign for. Look, this kid's a is a franchise quarterback, uh, as as Chad said, already MVP, Super Bowl winner. Uh, but they've got some other guys on that team, some really good skilled position guys that are going to need some money as well. So it uh, depends if, if he just wants some cash or if he wants to build a dynasty there in, uh, in Kansas City. And I think, I think he'll be reasonable. I think he's a, um, he's a good, good young kid. And look, I hope for the Chiefs that they can get this deal done.
2: Copes, he's got two years left. If he wins another Super Bowl, potentially another two, it doesn't matter what he signs for and they don't win after that. He's a legend already.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think even what he's done now, can you think of a guy who's come into the league and had this sort of impact in years one and two? I mean, and even his third year, it's groundbreaking stuff. You talk about anyone in the league now, if you're asked who do you want to start your franchise with, if you get one player, everyone says this guy. I mean, when was the last time we had that? Um, So it's pretty amazing what he's been able to achieve. And I think you're right, boys, They'll pay him whatever he needs to be paid to sign that contract and he'll be worth every cent.
2: Yeah, he's, like I said, Che, he's got two years left. But um, it's, it, for me, when you sit down and you think about the numbers, we are so underpaid in Australia. <laughs> so, I mean, he doesn't have to make a tackle, all right? He doesn't have to, <laughs> to kick the ball. And um, he doesn't have to look after people. He just has to throw the ball. It's unbelievable he's going to get paid $40 million a year. But Well,
3: Sally, I've got, actually got some, I've got some numbers here. And, you know, I'm, no. I'm one for research. And yes. you, you mentioned it. <laughs> us halfbacks, we should get paid more, you know, right. up to our NFL quarterback counterparts. But, you know, Russell Wilson, $140 million contract. Jared Goff, Aaron Rodgers, $134 million. Matt Ryan, $150 million. Jimmy Garoppolo, 137 and Carson Wentz, 128 million. So Russell Wilson is basically he's getting around 35 million a year. So there are just some figures out there. Us halfbacks in the NRL, we're definitely underpaid.
2: Mate, I'm telling you, we are. It's the only sport in the world. Oh, we have honestly, to, we have to you do blokes. both. Mate, that's why I have to do these podcasts to try and earn a little bit of crust in retirement.
0: Similar Mate, pressure um, down at Cogra Oval as well, isn't it, Sally?
2: Oh, mate, the pressure, it's really heating up. It's been great. I've been getting phone calls all week. Can I go out and play? Um, hey, Cope, <laughs> could you see this, like, it's, it's dream factory right now, stuff for, for Pat Mahomes, right? They, say if they win another uh, championship, could you see it go south quickly like we saw with Russell Wilson and the Seahawks because of the contract being sold? I mean, 50, if he gets $50 million a year, that's nearly you know, 25 30%, 40% of your, of your cap.
0: Yeah, I I think it would if he went that berserk with it. Um, but the one thing that I've seen in him so far is that he's team conscious. He seems to want to work with the guys around him. A lot of them, the skill position guys in particular, are young. Um, Tariq Hill seems to be one of his best mates on and off the field. Um, Kelsey is a good fella that seems to just want to be amongst the team. And then you've got Sammy Watkins who came in and he had a $20 million uh, option this year, he chose to renegotiate that down by 13 million so that he could stay a wow. part of this team. So there's a lot of guys, Michael hardman Clyde Edwards Alaire that 's just signed um, this year as a rookie. A lot of these guys are taking team-friendly deals. It 'd be a real shock to the system if he didn't do it as well. He's still going to get paid, he deserves every cent, uh, but I 'd be amazed if he just wanted to bleed him dry and go all the way to the top of his price.
2: Hey, Nick, I saw something on Twitter last week. Um, and with again, we're, this is a hypothetical. How many championships does Patrick Mahomes have to win to become the greatest of all time? Is it three, four, is it six, or is it more than
1: that? Um, six. <laughs> six. Does he get six? Uh poor. I think he'll get three minimum minimum chips. He'll, he'll win three championships. I I reckon they they'll be pretty short to go back to back. And as we said, if he signs the contract that allows his skill position players to stay, or they can retain others that are gonna you know keep him up the up the pointy end. And and Chad's point was spot on uh, with the Seahawks. Uh, they were building up a dynasty there. They had the Legion of Boom. They had the, the, the most amazing defence and, and they just couldn't pay him because Russ got all the coins. So, uh, Coach made the right point as well. He's a team-oriented dude. Um, I think you'll win minimum three. Chad,
2: you had to resign with your contract, you know, possibly, potentially, maybe your last one. We'll have to wait and see. But when that comes down to time to sitting there and signing a deal, how conscious are you about having those skill guys around you and not probably pushing the off envelope too much?
3: Yeah, one hundred percent. I think it's also you know what is the best fit for you and your family, and and I think what Patrick Holmes has to keep in in mind is that the Chiefs is now his home. You know, he the city of the Kansas City, um, what he's done for the, the city, the town, the organization, the fans, um, and where is he, him and his family, the most happy and most settled, and where does he think he's going to play his best football? Uh, for for me personally, when I was re, when I've been re-signing contracts, it's been about. Where do I think I'm going to play my best football? Where am I the happiest? Where is my family the most settled? And that definitely takes um, or makes a, a, you know, a key part in your decision.
2: Yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens with that uh, contract. But I tell you, it's exciting times if you're a Chiefs fan because they potentially could just never get beaten ever again. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, best player in the competition. Uh, another person that's got contract talks is your man, uh, Copes. George Kittle, that's coming up. That'll be a big contract as well.
0: Yeah, it's going to be huge. And I was watching SportsCenter today and they were talking about Kittle is very keen to do a deal, but they seem to be at odds with what that number is going to look like because the tight end market is set at around about $10 at the top end. Um, That's on average about the 20th wide receiver in terms of what they get paid. So around the $20 million mark is your elite group of wide receivers. And then you get into the quarterbacks, which are another... A step above that, obviously, like Chad was just talking about. So the thing that I love hearing from a guy like Kittle is that he he said, quote, "Uh, I'm not doing a tight end deal. I'm doing a George Kittle deal. Uh, And I love that. I mean, he has been one of the best pass blockers, um, one of the best route runners for a tight end, but also after the catch, he's an athlete like a wide receiver. So much like Christian McCaffrey resetting the way running backs are being paid because he's effectively a wide receiver and a running back in one, I think Kittle's much the same. So I think we've probably seen him land somewhere in between. Between 10 and 20, uh, I'd say a 14 to $16 million deal is what you'd be expecting. Uh, Dickie, 85 receptions, 1,053
2: yards and five touchdowns last year. We're seeing more and more of the tight ends. But I think, as, I mean, Copes may correct me on this, but especially for Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, he he's so important to that San Francisco team if they are to get back to that Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, and he was, you know, he came up sort of big uh, in, the, in the back end of the year. And, and that's sort of where you, you know, you count your chips where um, you can sort of... D- Play your, your regular season, but for, for George Kittle to be able to show up big time in the playoffs last year uh, adds uh, a little bit to his uh, negotiations this year. It's uh, it's similar to you know Brady and Gronk how important some quarterbacks need that tight end there. And I think Jimmy G has come through a system at, at the Patriots where he's seen that and he's seen it work. And I think he'll definitely want uh, he'll be in there pushing the the, the cash into George Kittle's bucket uh, at the at the Niners.
2: Chad, with Rob Gronkowski back at Tampa Bay, is George Kittle the best tight end in the competition?
3: Yeah, it's a good question, I think. I think it's definitely between him and Travis Kelsey of the Chiefs. Um, I know we ran a, a little bit of a poll on moving the change to Instagram the other day, and, and Copes wasn't too happy about that. Um, He's man <laughs> Kittle. Um, we put in second place. But look, there's no doubting those two are, are one and two. It's a very tight race. You know, um, The thing, I guess I'll reiterate what Copes has said is... Um, how Kittle is after the catch. He's just so powerful and so strong. He carries defensive backs for you know, yards after the catch. So, um, you know, it's going to be an intriguing um, contract the way that it all folds out because, you know, um, like Cope said, he, he's going to reset the market and he deserves every bit of it.
2: Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Another big contract in the NFL uh, George Kittle of the San Francisco 49ers. This week, boys, the AFC West deep dive. Uh, we all picked a team again and. Uh, I picked the easy one, of course. The Chiefs, um, not too much to talk about there. They've just got Patrick Mahomes. are the best team we have got. But uh, we'll start with you, Chad. Uh, you had the LA Chargers and uh, topsport.com.au. They're at $10 to win this division. Uh, it's uh, probably the most one-sided division, much like the Patriots has been for the last 10 years. But the LA Chargers, how will they go this year?
3: Yeah, look, you're right, Sia. So I have to agree with you. I think there's Chiefs, then there's Daylight, then there's the rest of the division who will be fighting it out. Look, I think probably the biggest talking point for the Chiefs this offseason has been the fact that they've moved on from long-term quarterback Philip Rivers. Um, they've moved him on and not chosen to re-sign him. And then in that um, same breath, they've decided to draft young Our quarterback from Oregon, Justin Herbert, who will battle it out with Tyrod Taylor. Now, I think... Um, Tyrod Taylor is a solid quarterback option um, how long he starts and if he starts and then the question whether whether if Justin Herbert comes in, how long does Tyrod Taylor start the season and not go very well and they bring Justin Herbert in but um, there's no doubt I think this team's um, in a rebuilding phase um, but for me that's probably the battle about you know
2: what's going to happen in the QB position Chad, is it are we going to see this year – I mean, the other boys may jump in as well – but are we are going to see this year a bit more cautious approach because these rookie quarterbacks haven't had the chance to go into mini camp haven't had the chance to get the reps up? Are we going to see teams really ease themselves into it? I mean, we've talked about Tua Tungvaloa a couple of times on the podcast. Can you see the, the Chargers maybe being a bit cautious with Herbert?
3: Yeah, I think so. I think the fact that these guys aren't you know, in – uh, learning obviously everything with their coaches day to day, and yeah, they're using Zoom and, and using technology like we all are at the moment. But I think the fact that they don't have those face to face meetings might potentially put them back a little bit um, in terms of learning the playbook, learning you know everything that, that they need to do to you know get up to speed with with the Chargers organization for someone like Justin Herbert. Um, so you know that that could potentially see some of these younger rookies maybe held back
2: um, a little bit. Copes, I saw you nodding your head. you think that's going to be a cautious approach by franchises this year, especially if they drafted a quarterback in the first round where their starting quarterback's not not elite?
0: Yeah, and I think in this mold, where they're built with the rest of their offense to be quite successful and Tyrod Taylor is a capable quarterback that, even with the Bills and, and numerous other teams that he's played for, he's shown that he's capable of running an offense So I don't think they're going to be losing games on the back of quarterback play. Um, And in that sense, they can really use the start of the season to get some reps in him in training once you're actually allowed to and the team is all together. Um, But also in-game, sitting there with the playbook next to Tyrod in-game, saying, what was your read there? What was your play? What was your choice? Why didn't you take that option with Mike Williams, say, downfield compared to Hunter Henry Short um, just in behind the line of scrimmage? So... I think that's how the education's going to run. It's more going to be in-season in-game rather than like you guys say in training camp. Yeah, Dickie, your
2: team, the Las Vegas Raiders, that's right, the Las Vegas Raiders are $11 and are the outsider of this group. Can we expect more than 5 wins this year for the Las Vegas Raiders and will Derek Carr actually play um as good as he's supposed to?
1: Okay, the uh <laughs> Okay, let me, let me okay, let me just let me just move forward here. The, uh, the defence now has a stand. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, well, the Oakland Raiders won seven games last year, Sowie, and this is a better side. So I think they'll win more than seven games. If you can get a favourites out market in this division, the Raiders are morals.
2: Okay. To well, run second to I'm, the I'm, Chiefs. All oh, right, I might try and get a special there from, from topsport.com.au, but... uh so if Tristan will
1: go favourite out, the Raiders <laughs> will run second in this division. Okay, we'll get And here's for, why. Okay, go. Here's why. Uh, The schedule. I'll go the schedule first. Look, the first uh, few weeks are are pretty tough. Look, the Saints come in. They play the Chiefs away. uh, The Bucks come in. The Raiders can get through the first, you know, half of the schedule. Uh, Five of their last eight games are at home. uh, And they've got uh, some division games there. Uh, They play the Chiefs at home. They play the Broncos away at home. So I think the schedule, if... uh, The Raiders can start well. They come home with a really, really good and fair schedule for the last uh, half of it. Number two, I think that they've uh, improved their offense uh, markedly over the last two years. It's been a a little while, obviously, since the Khalil Mack trade, Amari Cooper. Uh, They're finally, it's been since 2016. I've done my facts and figures today. 2016 was the last time that the Raiders have had a 1,000-plus yard receiver, and that was Amari Cooper. And I think that Henry Ruggs can do that this year for the Raiders as a rookie. I think Uh, their passing offence has been improved. Hunter Renfro out of the slot is a really good receiver. Darren Waller at tight end is a really good receiver. And now they're able to stretch the field with Henry Ruggs. Uh, So that sort of takes care of the passing. And then you've got uh, the running back that we can um, give the ball to now, Josh Jacobs. The field will be a little bit more spread for him. So... Uh, I think the offence is good. The big question mark and the question mark that everyone's got and now with uh, Marcus Mariota coming in is uh, on Derek Carr. It's been a while since he's had an offence with potentially this good. So we're really going to find out this year whether Derek Carr is going to be the quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders moving forward. So uh, there's your offence. On defence, I think that, um, look... Whether they can get to the quarterback, that's obviously been a, a, a yeah, something that they, <laughs> they need to be able to get to the quarterback. But I think behind the ball, they're okay. Jonathan Abram was their number one pick last year. He missed the whole season with a shoulder injury. He's a really, really good defender. Uh, so I think uh, defensively, question marks on getting on pass rushing. But other than that, defense is pretty sweet. So that is why the Las Vegas Raiders will run second in this division and hopefully... Make the playoffs
2: tell you what Copes It sounds like a uh, Long uh, <laughs> Lifelong Cleveland Browns fan They're just looking For any positive <laughs> <laughs> um, Hey Chad Throw this up on our uh, At Moving the Chains Twitter Does uh, Does Chucky Does John Gruden Like Derek Carr Just that question uh, I <laughs> well, love it Because I'm going to say no uh, I think he absolutely so Hates real. him And uh, I have no idea Why they re-signed him uh, Very well done Dickie mine got <laughs> us uh, In depth of that of course. But, uh, Coach, let's go to you, mate. Uh, the Denver Broncos, geez, unless John Elway comes back and winds a clock back 30 years, uh, geez, they've picked some really shitty quarterbacks, haven't they?
0: <laughs> well, yeah, they have. Um, but in, in actual fact, I think what their whole off-season has told me is that John Elway himself believes in Drew Locke. Uh, I think they went 4-1 and one with him as a starter at the end of last year, and albeit I wasn't all that impressed with his play in particular, but he managed the game okay. Um, Cortland Sutton was it was one guy last year who really broke out. Um, and I think in years three and four, and you know, when he starts to establish himself with a quarterback like Drew Locke, who can throw it downfield, um, but chose not to much last year, I think they can establish a rapport. But the thing for me was they their major moves in the offseason. They signed Melvin Gordon, they signed AJ Bouye, who's a Um, A really good cornerback. Um, And then obviously, Graham Glasgow, who's a centre to protect Drew Locke. They didn't take a quarterback in the draft when they had their chance. Um, So to me, it all points towards stacking people around Drew Locke. And the the ones I'm excited about are Jerry Judy, who I think was the most complete receiver in the draft. I was filthy when uh, we took Javon Kinlaw instead of taking him in the draft, the 49ers. But I think he's going to be an absolute stud. Um, alongside CD Lamb I think they're going to be two guys that are going to hit the ground running Um, and then KJ Hamler in the second round is a speedster as well so I think they've really improved all around on the defensive side they've got a stud in Melvin Gordon Jerry Judy and Hamler to go with Courtland Sutton and Noah Fant on offense if Drew Locke can be competent they can probably aim up alright and I reckon they've got the Raiders covered that's for sure (laughs)
2: <laughs> I like it Let's we'll, we'll get a market up next week We'll all try and pick Who comes second in this division Hey Chad Just quickly Is Melvin Gordon still Considered a stud Or is he just a, An also ran
3: Yeah that was probably One question I was going to Flick over to Copes actually what, are we, what do you think The the share of carries Is going to be there Obviously You know they've got Philip Lindsay um, Royce Freeman Probably hasn't come on As well as he should have But um, Bringing in Gordon You know what do you think the, the carries is going to be Split there And who's going to be The lead back there
0: yeah, I think it's definitely going to be a 60-40 to Gordon, maybe even more. I mean, you don't pay a guy that much money um, to come in and just sort of do a bit of a 50-50 split. Uh, I think Lindsay was, you know, if you're an organisation and you've taken him as an undrafted free agent, you got out of him what you've got, you know you've got a really good asset there. Much like Ekler for, um, you know, the... Uh, got mental bank. Chargers. Thank you. Um, you just take the upside in that and then bringing in Gordon, I think they'll challenge each other, but he's the most complete back. I think he's definitely going to do the pass catching work. They can both run between the tackles, um, but in pressure moments, in big situations when they're trying to grind out a lead and keep the lead, it's going to be Gordon on the field. No doubt money speaks volumes in this league.
2: Yeah, it certainly does. We've been talking about money tonight. Hey, boys, I, uh, I took the Kansas City Chiefs. And as you can tell by my smile, uh, lack of research uh, just because of the favourites. But I will say this. Um, for me, the interesting storyline when I see a champion is how they react the next year and, and whether ego gets a, a part of it and whether you can keep that same hunger. And it's like climbing uh, Kosciuszko. For me, in 2010, when we got to the top of that mountain, the motivation – it wasn't really switched on until probably February and sometimes that's too late. You know, you do the preseason and it's hard and all that and you're focused and all that kind of stuff, but sometimes it is hard and over there it's not as team based as what it is in Australia. It's a lot of individual money, a lot of individual endorsements and all that kind of stuff. So Chad, I was going to ask you the Kansas city chiefs dollar 22 on topsport.com.au. They will shit this division in. There's no doubt about that, but motivation after you win a championship, will it still be there for the Kansas city chiefs? And are they going to, Will they have to change their style too much or are they just going to rely on homes? Because don't forget, boys, they trailed in a couple of those playoff games. They're not going to be able to do that again.
3: Yeah, look, Sally, I think the the key thing that the Chiefs has is I think they've got 90-odd percent of their roster returning for this upcoming season. So that is going to be massive for them. But I'll definitely get on the back of your point where the hunter now becomes the hunted. And I've experienced this as well. When you have success at a high level... Um, You know, when teams turn up to come and play you, they know that they're in for a big game and and the Chiefs will no doubt get out of their division. But once they get out of that division, then they're going to come up against other teams who know that they need to be on their A game to beat the Chiefs. And I think that's where, you know, their character
2: really really will be tested if they are a, a great championship quality team. Dickie, you look at those big comebacks from last year. I mean, I, I think about Penrith in the NRL. Sometimes that magic just runs out. And I don't think they would be able to rely on Patrick Mahomes and the defence coming up with those big plays time after time. They'd like to be playing a lot better.
1: Yeah, look, obviously the the early uh, deficits in the playoffs. But uh, in the end, you get judged on, on wins and losses. And, and this, this side, they know how to win and... and this kid Patrick Mahomes is a winner and uh, and his team's a winner and, and it takes you a long way. So look, I think uh, it's going to be interesting and we've seen it a little bit in the in the NRL as that started out. The teams that were at the top last year with this uh, COVID drama have started back on top again uh, after that break. So as, as Chad said, 90% of the roster return. Uh, they don't need to learn new plays. They just got to get better and, and they can probably do that. So uh, I
2: think everyone's got to beat. They're the team to beat this year, for sure. Copes, they are certainly the team to beat. Your San Francisco 49ers, I know you say that they'll get back there as well, but you know, you've been in successful teams. That hunger, yeah, it's not the same for everyone all throughout the year. Sometimes yeah, you have a week off and you may get caught up on that kind of stuff. It can die off.
0: Yeah, and I think one of the big things at play here is going to be no crowd. So it's it's you know a large portion of that at times, can be lifted by your home crowd. Um, And I think without that, it's going to be tough to... If you don't have the intrinsic motivation, how are you going to get it? And and it might have to come from teammates. Coaches might actually have to step up and be more vocal and um, actually get in the face of these guys and challenge them a little bit more than what they normally would. So that, along with health, is the other thing I was going to say. The NFL is so brutal on injuries. They had a pretty good run last year. Kelsey stayed healthy most of the year. Mahomes missed a couple of games, but it wasn't too bad. And Tyreek Hill is the main one. If he's healthy in the playoffs, along with Kelsey and Mahomes, I don't think they're getting beaten.
2: Yeah, the Kansas City Chiefs, they are the favourites to win the Super Bowl and the favourites to win this division quite easily. All right, boys, time for a new segment. Start one, bench one, cut one. (laughs) Yeah, start one, bench one, cut one. I thought I'd throw it in this week to you, boys. It's Patrick Mahomes... Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers, Chad Townsend. I'll go with you first. Start bench cut. Yeah, look, this
3: uh, you might find a little bit shocked, but for me, I'm going to go start Aaron Rodgers, bench Patrick Mahomes, and cut Lamar Jackson. Okay. Wow.
1: Look at Copes' face. <laughs> so we get it? And, and that's a face of shock yeah. for someone that chose Deshaun Watson to win the MVP. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what, are we, what are we, we doing here? We, do we do we, we're trying but to win. do we get, uh Do we get an uh, explanation why?
2: No, I'll just leave it to the, the people to bag because when Chad oh. cuts his up, I'll just leave the comments there. They can go in and bag him whenever they like. So you started <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, bench Patrick Mahomes, and Lamar Jackson is cut. Dickie, what about you? Uh,
1: I'll start Patrick Mahomes. I will bench Aaron Rodgers and I will cut Lamar Jackson.
0: Oh. Wow. Okay, Copes. So the reigning MVP, uh, yeah, I think I can't go past the two youthful guys that have got upside as my starters, the guys that I can choose between. I want Pat Mahomes to start because he's got the best upside so I can tear teams apart. And I'll tell you what, if we're behind, I'm going straight to Lamar Jackson. Uh, so unfortunately, that means Arod, rod you're out the back door, mate. Sorry. I one thousand
2: percent agree. I couldn't believe these two blakes want some thirty-six-year-old uh, still running <laughs> around. We, we can, uh, we, when he wins the
1: MVP this year, you'll come back 100. to this. i go well, big year, 100.
2: Thirty-one dollars. You got it. Sport.com.au. <laughs> I'll have uh, Mahomes, Jackson, Rogers. I'll cut Rogers. I think. Uh, yeah, he he. This year, he's under a lot of pressure without many tools, and he may end up getting traded or, or leave. We'll have to wait and see. But I'm with you, Copes. The, the, the youth that is in Mahomes and Jackson and what they can do—they've changed the league, and that's why, um, yeah, Kyler Murray this year. I think he might follow in those footsteps. All right, boys, it's time for uh, Copes' Fantasy 101. A uh, couple of questions this week coming in on Twitter at Moving the Chains. Make sure you go in and leave your questions there. You can ask us about anything. You can ask if uh, Chad Townsend got hooked on the weekend, or if it was a hamstring. Uh, we can't <laughs> confirm it was a hamstring, but uh, you can ask us anything. Um, All right, boys, let's get into it. This is from Fantasy Football, Dan Under. They've been one of our biggest supporters. This is for you, Copes. Who do you think has the better chance to finish as an overall wide receiver this year, number one wide receiver in fantasy this year? Devante Adams or Tyreek Hill? Uh,
0: Well, firstly, I'm going to say that it won't be one of those two guys. I think it'll be Michael Thomas, um, potentially even Julio Jones, um, who I really like. Um, Look, of those two, I'm going to say that It's Devontae Adams on the back of what Chad was talking about a couple of weeks ago. Um, He's just the only man in that offense that Aaron Rodgers trusts. He's going to get 10 to 15 targets every week. Um, He goes to that guy in the red zone. There's going to be touchdowns. It's just the concussion issues for me. If he gets knocked out at all, he's going to struggle. But uh, I think he's going to be the number one wide receiver of he and Hill. Yeah. Do
1: you boys agree with that, Chad Dickey? Yep. Yeah, I agree with that. This is going to be volume. It's going to be the volume that he's going to see this year from, uh, from Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, another question here.
2: This one's for you, Chad, uh, from Forey the Moth. I think I've said that right. Uh, what format or the leagues do we, got, do we all play in and what's our favourite format with roster points and stuff like that?
3: Yeah, that's a good one. Um, there's obviously a few formats in fantasy league: standard league and then PPR points per reception. Um, with a standard league, uh, you know, you don't get points uh, per reception. Obviously, you just get normal points for you know yards, um, touchdowns, catches, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, but in points per reception league, yeah, every reception a receiver gets, they get a point as well. So uh, for me, I've played both. Um, I, I don't really mind either. Um, I'm a fan of both leagues. I play in both of them. So uh, I don't know, boys.
0: What do you guys think?
1: Yeah, question Do you like team defense or individual defense, Cops? Uh
0: I've played in both. I've got probably my favorite league is individual defense, um, but it takes a lot of work. So it, it's for people that are you know, well aware of everyone's rosters and um, really in depth fans. And I guess for the casual fan, I would say that my, my preference now is to flick kickers all together. Um, we've done that in my home league. Um, add an extra flex spot in and play another you know, super flex even. So you've got another quarterback, uh, wide receiver, running back or tight end in that spot. It just makes it a little bit more fun and probably just levels it out to what the actual NFL is like. I th- the one thing that I don't like about fantasy football is you can wait until the 15th round to draft your quarterback and you'll be fine even though it's the most important part of an NFL team. Um, so I think adding in a super flex position instead of a kicker um, is a really cool one to do. Copes, for those people that are new to the
2: podcast, but also new to fantasy football, just explain what a super flex and what a flex is if you're just playing that base or that casual uh, fantasy fan.
0: Yep. So the standard roster setup is quarterback, two uh, running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, a flex spot, which is you can have a wide receiver, a running back, or a tight end in that spot. Um, and then a kicker and a defense, which is a team defense. Um, what I'm talking about with a super flex is that it adds in a quarterback eligibility to that slot. Um, so it just gives you a bit of freedom. Um, means you could still play a wide receiver if you love the matchup, um, but likely you're going to be playing a quarterback in that spot because they score the most points. Great, thanks for clearing that up for me. So now I know for
2: for next time. We <laughs> you're
1: just asking these questions because you're just trying to beat Copes
2: next year. That's I all. just make up the tags. I'm asking all the questions. I'm still. <laughs> I, I love fantasy because you have to I like watching sport and I like watching all the games and how people progress mm. and all that kind of stuff and and fantasy football to me is a new you know I think NRL Supercoach, that kind of stuff you probably got a little bit more knowledge about because I know the players I'm watching the players for me fantasy football you know I'm still learning those second third fourth tiers which is what you said couple of weeks ago copes and how important those guys are but i, I love our fantasy tip segment it's going to be a huge uh, bit later on in the year when topsport.com.au we're going to have a special uh, coming up oh, i'm so excited but uh, boys that's it make sure we tag at moving the chains on twitter and on instagram we'll catch you next week but it's been a great show thanks to our friends at topsport.com.au